Ready to light that fire by doing the things that make you come alive? Welcome to Health Raisers, a podcast for wise women. I'm your host, Dr. Nadine. I left a soul-crushing medical career full of bad news and evolved into a joyful health integration coach, helping hundreds of women find their healthy. You're more than your dress size. Stop putting up with toxic relationships, swallowing your true emotions, and sacrificing your mental health. Stop using your body as a battlefield. You're always giving. You deserve to put yourself first, not just for your sake, but for those you love. Wise women, let's make ourselves a priority right now. It's time to raise some health together. If you're ready to take the first step, visit npkhealthintegration.com and take the free questionnaire to assess where you are in your health journey right now. And if you're ready to take a bolder step into possibility with your health journey, email me at npk at npkhealthintegration.com to learn more about classes and coaching. Welcome to my virtual living room, wise women. Today, my guest is Cheryl Johnson. Cheryl is a writer and a better life enthusiast. She left her job as a research director to become the founder of Box Lunch Lifestyle, a totally doable strategy to fuel your body, reclaim your spark, and build a life that'll make you proud. Cheryl, thank you for being here. I love your book, Box Lunch Lifestyle, and you came highly recommended from our mutual friend, Sam. We're going to have a famous conversation. Oh, thank you. It is my pleasure to be with you and your listeners today. (laughs) So as we're getting started, this is the first question I love to ask my guests as of this year. What does being a healthy woman mean to you? In other words, when I say healthy, what comes to mind? I think it's impossible to be a truly healthy woman without being honest. I think there's a component of honesty that gets overlooked these days. And uh, what I mean by that is when we talk about health, there are all these generalizations that come to mind. This is such a global world word and there are these definitions and there's different organizations that have their own particular agenda to serve when it comes to what mm. health means. But mm-hmm. when you think about it, I mean, health is about as personal and individual as it gets. It is about you. So I think that there's a, a, a getting real element of it. it. There's an honesty about it to say, this is the body that I have. These are the genes that I have. These are the resources that I have. And to say, what what does it mean to be healthy for me and to take the ownership it requires and do the work it takes to be your best, healthiest self. I think that it starts with, I think it starts with that honesty. And I think that you have to, um, have to, you have to find a way to get quiet in order to know what that means. Uh, but I think your, your self deserves your full attention. So it's worth it. I really want to highlight one of the things that 
I believe I'm hearing you saying, which is the personal aspect of health being above and beyond this multi-billion dollar industry that has become women's health. And we can pick that apart, whether it's products for anti-aging and doing sarcastic air quotes, everybody, (laughs) or it's this specific diet or it's this clothing. It's always us chasing something externally to maybe compete with other women, but I will say maybe even competing with ourselves and especially our past selves. This is something I've really been thinking about a lot myself because I'm 51 now, I'm going to be 52 in the summer. It's, It's this relinquishing the rear view mirror and judgment. I should be this way. Society says I should be this size to be acceptable. Yeah, I, I, I so hear what you're saying. And I'll be 55 this summer and there, there is no anti aging. (laughs) We, we are aging. We, Mm. we are all doing it. Whether, whether you're in your fifties or in your twenties, we're all doing it and we're all, Mm -hmm. we're all headed in a direction. And, you know, again, it, it's the challenge is for us to redefine our relationship with, with the, body and what that means and uh, what it means to be our best selves in whatever body we have. And I think what you're you're making a really important, uh, you're highlighting a really important factor of, of wellness and what the wellness and lifestyle industry has become, because you're right, it's, um, it's very easy to think about lifestyle as a product as something that if you have the means, you can purchase this, Mm -hmm. you can acquire this. But I think, you know, what's different about an approach like mine, and I I imagine the approach that a lot of people listening also aspire to is to say, how do we take back this industry from being their products to being our process, like our individual process, because it's going to be different today um, than it will be tomorrow. The same way our body our body is different today than it was yesterday or will be tomorrow. So how do we look at this rather than um, something that's a product that is this individual, personal, um, potentially really fun and rewarding and satisfying process? How do we do that? And where do we find the courage to take that back? Because it really, uh, it really does mean putting up some boundaries between us and what the rest of the world thinks we should be and to say, you know, where's that, again, that honesty, this, this is what I've got and this is what I can do. And where can I be, um, where can I celebrate the wins that I know I could have that uh, I'm putting off because I think I should be chasing after somebody else's idea of a win. Mm-hmm. Including past me, which again, I, I'll say I'm I'm contending with right now because I'm in a body that is different very much. And it should be different from when I was in my teens and 20s and 30s and 40s. So that being said, I like the last some of the points you were making, um, what I was hearing. And I, and I believe it's going to take us in, in a good direction for this next question is then how do you ignore the naysayers or things that are not aligned with your values? So what does being a healthy woman within community mean to you? I think that there is some courage and you know, some potential in that uh, 
in looking at what I consider to be the difference between first place dreams and second place dreams. And I bring this up because you recently told a wonderful story about drumming lessons, which mm-hmm. I I loved. I love because this is the this is the quintessential example of of what it means to explore your best self and to make time for the kind of self-expression that really feels satisfying at the end of the day. Because what I think a lot of us do is spend we spend a lot of time focusing on these first place dreams. And what I mean by that is you know, these big things. First place dreams are careers and families and Olympic medals. And these these are big things. These are big things. And then there are what I call second place dreams. And mm-hmm. these are quiet things. These are these are personal aspirations that you you're you're curious just because you're curious. You don't know why you've always been drawn mm-hmm. to this kind of art or this mm-hmm. kind of experience or some kind of collectible or whatever that quirky thing is. Um, you're just drawn to it. But for whatever reason, uh, we just, we don't make time for these, right? Because the only person mm-hmm. who's likely to be disappointed if we don't explore them is us. And we tend to make other people a priority first. So when you're curious about, uh, you've just always wanted to learn Portuguese, or you've always wanted to play the drums, you know, if you're, if your kid or your grandmother wanted these experiences, you would make them happen for them. But where do we do that for ourselves? Mm. And and I think that at the end of the day, when we've done so much, when we are these accomplished women, you know, when you when you have the the job and the lifestyle and the house and perhaps even the dress size, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you still feel dissatisfied and you mm-hmm. feel cheated and you don't know mm-hmm. why. And I think it's because we are shortchanging these second place dreams. It's because somebody has said to us, oh, you're, you're not a very good singer or, um, or why would you want to, why would you do that? There's, there's no money in that. You know, uh, we've been shushed and we need to, f- to find those opportunities again, the way we encourage other people in our lives to pursue what makes them happy and uh, and fuels that natural curiosity that tends to get you know just squelched. Um, we need the time to do that, and and I think that it's it's possible, and that's why I um, that's why I came up with this framework based around something as uh, simple and typical as a workday lunch. And now here's an ad from our sponsor. In the mood for coffee, tea, yummy pastries, or cool swag? My friends at Infusco have got you covered. Infusco Coffee Roasters is a cozy neighborhood coffee joint in Sawyer and St. Joseph, Michigan. Infusco stands for a healthy community. They craft irresistible seasonal drinks, sourcing local artisans' products. The flavors shine from quality ingredients, and their beans are roasted on site. They do not hide behind tons of sugar. Every time I go, I'm greeted by my name with a smile. Bad service is just non-existent. It feels like stepping into a friend's living room. They keep it personal. Old school, eclectic coffee mugs on the wall, fun merch, including stickers designed by artists, t-shirts, 
and sweatshirts. It's the perfect place to get to know your neighbors and chat with tourists. You will always find people deep in conversation. Special events keep it fresh. Community, health, the heart of Sawyer. That's in Fusco. I hope to meet you there. I would really love to dig into that philosophy, which I, I find myself extremely, I'm, I'm aligned with, with that philosophy. The simplicity of it, um, the magical quality in making that time for yourself with intention. I want to say something about your second place dreams framework again, which I, I, I'd never heard it put that way. And I was intrigued when I received your book and you said, me, and it's, you had this lovely note in there and I don't have it next to me right now, but you said something about may your second dreams come true. And I was intrigued. I couldn't wait to read the book. And then in diving into the book, what I really appreciated about the framework of first place versus second place is your ability and your invitation to take us on a journey, to take the reader on a journey of letting go, letting go of shame, mm -hmm. letting go of judgment, and just giving ourselves the gift of being ourselves. And not everything has to be, like you said, logical. Not everything has to be on a Plan. As of late, too, I think, and to go back to this idea of community, which has been fascinating me, it's like, well, if you can't really be yourself and you can't really explore and do something that maybe your partner or your kid or your friend won't understand, then maybe they're not community for you. Maybe they're not right. the right support. You, you need that support yep. to grow. You're going to need space to grow and you're going to need people that are going to support that and and give you the gift of that space even if they don't get it because my husband right. was very confused when I said I wanted to drum just like <laughs> me okay oh, when I started taekwondo I was very confused yeah. as he was but I had to do it right Right. So please, can you tell us more about Box Lunch Lifestyle and how you came upon that concept, how you developed it, and how you've given us this gift? I think that it started in part because, uh, because of the kinds of messages that I was hearing at my gym. So while I was when I was in my um, when I was working my desk job, I was also training at a boxing gym. So if you have a husband who's confused by wanting to play the drums, imagine the husband whose nerdy book reading <laughs> wife decides that what she really wants to do is train as a boxer. So where does this come from? I have no idea, and I spent years <laughs> trying to understand it, and I don't. But 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 that's that's part of it, right? Is that we don't know at the beginning of a journey where you're going to go. But if you don't ever try, if you don't ever try, you'll never know because you could have taken drumming lessons or martial arts lessons and found out that this is just not you. Like if you sure. don't like it or you don't have the skill and, and, and you're not interested in developing the skill, mm -hmm. that's fine. That's fine. But where do you do, um, like where, where do you find places for um, wannabe habit changers or curious people, where do you find that place for them to start? Why does it have to be so hard? And I, um, I'm not big on excuses. I don't really like, I don't really like excuses. So I wanted to find a, a framework, a method that was 
virtually excuse proof that it was playful enough and it was small enough and also uh, aligned enough with what we know about habit change research that Mm -hmm. people couldn't really argue, even if I didn't have a randomized control study to prove, people will still ask me, well, are there studies that show that this works? It doesn't matter. Like if all my years as a research director, what I learned is that all the data in the world doesn't matter if I can't apply it to myself. Mm. I am the expert on me and that's Mm -hmm. it. So I try Mm -hmm. this and it works for me or it doesn't. And that, that sounds perhaps overly simplistic, even to you know the, our fellow nerds of the world. But but that's really true. It, it needs to work for you. So what what is this? Uh, what is this regularly scheduled, uh, socially um, familiar place in American culture, for example, that? Uh, no one would no one would really question, even if you don't typically take a workday lunch break, if somebody saw that on your calendar, there probably isn't going to be tons of pushback. They may still schedule the meeting over you, <laughs> but no one, no one is going to be shocked by this the same way it may be a different kind of pushback if you were doing a, a whole like digital Sabbath for a weekend. That's harder to explain to people and it's harder to be... You know, Mm -hmm. functional in the way people expect us or maybe need us to be functional, especially on weekends when that time usually isn't just ours to do with what we please. So, if you think about the 30 minutes a person would have uh, during a typical workday lunch, um, you have 15 minutes to eat something, something that makes you proud, preferably something you make yourself because it's not that hard. And then you'd Hmm. have 15 minutes to pursue something that's not work or another chore, like something that's an investment in you. What, what is that second place dream for you that you can pursue? So you have 15 minutes for better food. You have 15 minutes for time just for you that you have defended because you're willing to set this reasonably, reasonable and perfectly fair boundary mm-hmm. at work mm-hmm. for 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, that it, it's a virtuous cycle, right? So if you um, if you are good with the food part, then you know that you can use that as inspiration to say, "Hey, look, I've made this really nice lunch, and I'm going to spoil myself with this 15 minutes to uh, learn to uh, the first steps of starting stained glass art." because I'm just curious. Or if you have this thing that you've always wanted to do, I'm going to write my memoir. I'm going to do it. I've always said I'm going to do it. Well, realize that if you want to be that person who writes your memoir, even for 15 minutes on a typical workday, you'll be a better memoir writer if you eat something more than just a Diet Coke out of the vending machine, right? Mm-hmm. You're, you're, you're going to be a better writer if you take care of your brain and your body a little differently, even for just one meal of the day. That's the other thing that I love about lunch is that you don't have to throw out everything in your pantry. The fad, you know, what, whatever it is, this, this will go away. What you, what you need to find are the foods that you like that includes some vegetables because whatever comes and goes, people are not going to argue that a few more vegetables for you isn't mm-hmm. probably a better thing. You know, yeah. it's not, not going to be bad for you. It's what Michael Pollan has been telling us for years, right? Mm-hmm. Eat 
Mostly plants eat things that your grandmother would recognize as food. But when do we do these things, Michael Pollan? We believe you. We've believed you for years. But when are we going to do it? If you did it just at lunch, just that one meal a day, just on work days when maybe you had a little different sense of control, um, it matters. It makes a difference. What would you say to someone then who is maybe lunchtime is really not theirs? They've developed a habit because we're talking about habit formation, right? And what I really like in what you're saying is um, as in Atomic Habits by James Clear, he talks about, you know, the the cycle and one of the things being the trigger for habit formation. Mm. And the trigger can be time, place, people. Um, it's context, right? Where you don't have to think about it and you automatically do the, ha- do the thing you're going to do and then you get a reward. So then it becomes this virtuous cycle, this loop, good or bad. But say you've developed a lunch habit and it's hard to think of it being your time. So this is the time where I'm going to, and I'm sure a lot of people do this. This is the time where, okay, I'll eat. But I'm going to catch up on those emails or this is the time where I eat, but I've promised this group of people we've formed this group or I have a lunch buddy and I may not necessarily always like it or always need it, but I made this promise and it's just easier not to argue and I'll just keep having lunch with this person. But I don't really feel like I've had any time to reflect. It's just doing. It's more doing. So Mm -hmm. what would you say to a woman who wants to use that sustainable time? Because that's what I like in this approach too, is it's it's not a weekend warrior thing. It's not a consistency is better than, okay, consistency is better than being sporadic. So if Mm -hmm. something is consistently in your schedule versus one month you decide to do it, it worked, but you didn't quite fit it in your schedule. There's no trigger there. There's no right. habit to form. There's right. no reward because, yeah, you haven't tr- done it over and over again. So I'll do it. Oh, that thing I forgot I I tried. Oh, I said I was going to start reading at night. Oh, gosh, I abandoned that. And you try right. again. You know, so it's right. kind of all over the place. So I like that you've anchored this idea of being a healthier woman, a healthier human in a in an easy, I won't say easy, in a simple, sustainable way. It's not, yeah. I won't say it's easy because, well, it's resisting temptation, right? Or or right. it's resisting falling into old patterns or, or saying, I don't deserve this. Or I'm right. indulging myself because I'm watching drum videos for 15 minutes yeah. after I eat. Well, and, and I would say, honestly, how, how many things that are, this will tell you a lot about me. You know what? How many of the things that are really worth doing are easy? I, I, I think that I think that because there is some effort involved, that there's value in that because you're showing yourself that you're stronger than you think you are. There's there's more you can do, and it it matters. And you know, a lunch habit or any kind of habit or uh, or, or system is is proof that you you can, despite all the things that you feel like you don't have control over, mm-hmm. there are always still some things that you do. And I did want to say one thing about um, the the idea of something being 
uh, systematic versus sporadic. Contrary to a lot of habit experts that I really admire, I'm, I'm not a fan of the not breaking the chain thing. I, that I don't I don't do that because and and that's another reason why I like the idea of a workday lunch because most of us don't work every single day of our lives and do I think that things like uh, yoga or meditation practices are they more effective if you do this every single day of your life perhaps but I think that the same way we can work to uh, remove. Uh, remove judgment and shame where it's not serving us, right? Like remove the judgment where it's not serving us. If you, if you meditate for 567 days and then you miss one, you got a year and a half going there. <laughs> you know, that, that, that's huge. But I think we tend to focus on that miss. So that's why I like the idea of the workday mm-hmm, mm-hmm. system because there are different kinds of days, Right. And again, mm-hmm. let's be honest, not every day is like every other day. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so the other thing that I would say about um, people who have, you know, whatever lunchtime routine they have that, that seems to be serving them, you know, whether or not you change your lunch. So if, if you, um, so if you go on the website, you don't have to buy the book. Everything you need to know to live a box lunch lifestyle, it's on the website. That's mm-hmm. everything you need to know. So if you if you read these steps and looked at this approach and you know, this is how Cheryl Johnson feels about food and ideas for spending your time and the the uh, power I think that giving yourself credit for doing what you can when you show up as your honest best self for a day, mm-hmm. that is a win. That's a win. Not that you ate what this person told you to eat, because I'm not going to tell you what to eat either. But the fact that you showed up for yourself that day as your best self, that counts as a win. So you go to the website, you look at this, but you still have this um, routine that you fall into. I still think that in the spirit of, of James Clear, that it's possible to look at lunch as that wonderful, uh, friendly, non-judgmental way to come back to to saying lunch is here. Lunchtime is going to show up every day, no matter what. It's going to show up and it's going to ask you, does this 30 minutes look like the kind of life you deserve? And you can use that as a reflection point and say, you know what? Today I'm not really eating something I'm super proud of. Like th- this is the this is good. What I picked up at the gas station, that's as good as it gets today. You know what? You know that that's the way it goes, right? Or today I'm doing this thing for a friend, and this is not really what I choose to do, but this is what I'm doing. It's still an opportunity to be intentional, and lunch mm-hmm. becomes this little. Um, this little snapshot, it's it's a micro version of, again, when it comes back to honesty, what honestly made it to the top of the list today. You know, it may be, uh, it may be you know what, McDonald's made it to the top of the list. Well, that's the honest truth. Not good, not bad. That's what happened. And mm-hmm. you know what? I lost 15 minutes on Instagram. You know, good, bad, I don't know. But you can still look at this and say, is this an example of the kind of life I want to live? Is this an example of my best self? And for a lot of people, maybe it is. And that's great. But if it's not, 
the beauty of this point of reflection is to say, then in what specific way could I change my behavior in a tiny, tiny little way to feel a little bit more satisfied at the end of the day than I did or might today? It points you toward what you need if you're willing to look at it honestly. It's a mental flexibility too. It's like, you know, stereotypically, or I I should say it's the easy way yoga is represented in Western society. And I think we're doing a little bit better job at it. But for the most part, when you say yoga to someone, it's physical exercise. It's what they think of right away. And it's these feats of human physique in different shapes, right? right? But it's yoga so much more. And part of that is the mental flexibility. It's it's discovering. So I'll go back to the body example of, of decades, rearview mirror me. So maybe in my early 40s when I was practicing yoga, the handstands and the headstands were, I was never really good at them, but they were a little bit more attainable. And they were okay for the body I had right now, or, or at that point, for the body I have right now, with the different joints um, saying, hey, we've done a lot of things over these years with our body. And so these joints are not exactly happy right now. So we're going to have to modify some of these things we're doing. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. the headstands are not a good idea anymore. The handstands are not a good idea anymore. Even down dog right now is not a good idea on the floor. So how about we get on our forearms or maybe use the wall or some blocks or something? Right. right. How do you make it work for you? Exactly. That's where we find our wins, when we're honest about what's true for us and honest with ourselves mm-hmm. when about how we're showing up. Because that that's the thing, too, is that I think that there's a different kind of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, there's a different kind of agency with a model like box mm-hmm. lunch lifestyle or mm-hmm. a, a true yoga practice to say, um, you know, what is it... Uh, you know, what does a win look like? And a, a win is showing up for yourself as your best self. And only you know when you're selling yourself short and you know, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. And and there may be there may be uh, reasons, there may be a context for that. But I mean, that that's really the only, um, yeah, that's where the satisfaction comes from is, you know, not in the comparison, but in the honest evaluation of mm. this was the best I could do mm. today, mm. given the circumstances that I have, mm-hmm. you know, rock on, give yourself credit for that because you, mm-hmm. you really do deserve it. It's not, it's not the reward at the end of whatever the process is. It's the way you show up. Another question I have for you then is, and and you've really talked about it quite a bit, but if you have any additional perspective of what have you had to let go of with time in terms of your definition of what it means to be healthy? Uh, I think you and I share a lot of this, and I think probably a lot of the, the, the people listening will as well, is, is it's the comparison of um, looking at what uh, it's it's not really so much about how other people's bodies look, and can we find, and, and can we can we accept that uh, we just don't have any control over that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like th- this is the body that I have; these mm-hmm. are the genes that I have, and mm-hmm. I can take care of it as best I can. And the truth is, is that still my environment 
whether it's safe or not. I, I may or may not have some control over that. You know, what happens, you know, over time uh, with with changes due to nutrition or hormone changes or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. we you, you may or may not have any control over this, but what I would challenge women to ask if they're thinking about, um, when they're thinking about their health, because I do this, I do this. When you get into this phase that even when you are super fit, even when, when I bet even when you would describe yourself in your most fit, most whatever days, whatever time that is for you, you still have these times where you think, oh, but I wish I was, you know, I, I should be of able course. to do this or I should look like this or why can't mm-hmm. I wear this or that looks so mm-hmm. good on her or mm-hmm. um, this person thinks, you know, he thinks I'm not strong enough to do this and I'm going to, sh-, you know, but I would, I would really challenge people to keep asking themselves, what, what is it that you want to do? not a being thing, not a feeling thing. What is it that you want to do that you that your body is keeping you from doing? And I think that's an important question because I think that sometimes, uh, sometimes, yes, I think that if you have too many extra pounds on your body, it may be difficult. It may be more difficult to take that hike than if you didn't have those 40 pounds. That's you know, that's that's something different. Or it may be that because you have this chronic condition, you don't have the energy to do this particular sure. thing. But mm-hmm. I think that for a lot of people, we're waiting. <laughs> how do I how do I put this kindly and tactfully? People are waiting until they lose that six last six pounds to be this thing mm. or do this thing. Mm. And what I would say is that if you if you want to take drumming lessons, you don't have to lose six pounds to do that. Mm-hmm. You you can do that right now. Mm-hmm. Or if you um, if you've always wanted to read Anna Karenina, like you, there's there's nothing about your body that's keeping you from doing this thing because I think the most of the things are a lot of the things that we want to experience and feel like in the real world, not in a, in, in a virtual way. I think that a lot of those things we can do right now, but we're waiting for this perfect body or health to give us permission to say, well, I need to be happy in that body first before I can do that. And I would challenge you to say, is that really true? And what is it that you really want to experience? And if you want to learn how to weave a rug, there's there's nothing about your body keeping you from that today, probably. And and not taking that tiniest first step, like whatever size step you could take in 15 minutes at lunch today, my guess is that your body isn't the problem. So, you know, like I hear you say over and over again, like, let, let's not make that the battleground, right? Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. that's not the battleground. You you, you can have this right now. So try it today and and show yourself what's possible. I appreciate what you just said. I truly do. It, it's not having a body that looks a certain way like we're not statues. We're we're just on display for whatever reason. We're in a body that facilitates us to move in the world in a way that honors our beliefs and values and what we want to accomplish, how we want to serve, how we want to contribute, how we want to show up. I really like that. I like that what I've also heard you say 
is embracing honesty in the present moment and giving ourselves some slack too. Everything doesn't have to be perfect. So if it's not a box lunch style type day, well, maybe it's a breakfast lunch style that day. Maybe you have the breakfast mindfully and then do something in the morning because you know your afternoon is going to be so hectic and out of your control. It's flow. I'm hearing some flow and freedom and movement in your day and embracing the idea of agency and choice and not feeling powerless in our lives. It really is. um, it, It really is the time and the place you know, one time and one place to be intentional and to say, if we really want the world to be different, if we want our experience of being in the world to be different, then how will that happen? And it's all about the action that we take, right? It's, it's, um, if you think about, um, you know, I love the idea of thinking about, uh, your life as a, a perfectly ripe avocado or pear, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. Think think about your life. It it is that thing today. It's not going to be the same tomorrow. So, So why not to the extent that it is possible when you can enjoy, enjoy the ripe fruit today? Enjoy it mm-hmm. rather than thinking about how nice it would be to enjoy that someday. It's right there. You know, take take what you can and and enjoy it. Beautifully said. Is there anything else you would like to ask or share with the beautiful women uh, who are listening right now? I believe that um, I do believe that you are stronger than you think. Uh, when there are days that feel like a struggle. Um, just to remember that um, the struggle isn't, um, you are not necessarily at the, at, the, at the center of that struggle. It can be around you and you can look at it and say, I see you and I'm good. And here's what I'm doing. And here's what I'm doing for myself. And, the, and to say that, um, and to remind yourself that those small investments are, are worth it. They pay off for you. They pay off for the people around you in ways that you will you will likely never know. But at the end of the day, you'll feel them. And I would also encourage people that if you are if you are curious about this idea, um, please go to my website. So the website is boxlunchlifestyle.com. And for listeners, if you do a backslash start, this is a page that if you are curious you will get a free download. It's three pages that will tell you everything you need to know to just give it a try. And if you do try it, please write to me. I respond to all of my emails personally. I would love to hear from you. I would love to hear if it's working or if it's not. But especially if you think you have an excuse for why this won't work for you, (laughs) let me know because I haven't (laughs) met one yet that we couldn't take on together and win. (laughs) Thank you, Cheryl. I, I've really, really enjoyed our conversation. I've, I've learned a lot from it. I've gained some ideas. Um, and I just feel like I invested beautiful time in myself by spending this time with you. Wise women, stop using your body as a battlefield. Move from last place to first place in your life. 
Let's raise health together. Take the first step and visit npkhealthintegration.com for a free health questionnaire. Ready for more? Email me at npk at npkhealthintegration.com to learn more about classes and coaching. And let's start a conversation. Thanks for listening and taking this time for yourself. See you next time.